0: Welcome into a Toast of Film. I'm one of your host Ebo, and on today's episode, I got five theatrical releases that once again I will be ranking on what I think you need to check out. Now this week we actually do have a tie, so that's exciting, but we got five movies on the dock. And if I can do these in alphabetical order and not spoil anything, we have Insidious the Red Door, Joyride, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1, Ruby Gilman, Teenage Kraken, and The Sound of Freedom. Quite an interesting little list. Well, I got a nice full throttle because I'm doing this before work. And also because our first movie goes full throttle. And that's right. The number one movie you need to see out of these is Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. So, this is from Christopher McQuarrie. He's written a lot of Tom Cruise's movies, and he also directed Fallout and Rogue Nation. But this one has Ethan Hunt still, you know, in the Impossible Mission Force, And he has the greatest threat that the world has ever seen. That's right. Ethan Hunt is going up against the Entity, which is their fancy way of saying AI. Because they don't want to say AI. But the Entity is trying to take over the world. And it's up to Ethan Hunt and his squad to take out the Entity, as it were. But let me tell you, that's not what's important, because we'll get to the cool stuff. But what's important? Good Lord, this movie got all the honeys in it. I mean, we got Haley Atwell who plays a thief who has to, who gets coerced into trying to help Ethan Hunt. We got Vanessa Kirby's back as an arms dealer. We got Rebecca Ferguson, you know, who's part of the squad. And we even got Palm Clementoff as an assassin. Like this movie's bringing the honeys, but more importantly, what it's bringing action-packed. These set pieces are great. The action is cool. Tom Cruise stays running. You know how it is, cardio king. And the car. There's a great car chase. Basically, everything I wanted from Indiana Jones Five, I got in this. This is how you take a franchise, you keep adding to it, and you make it worth people's time. Because this was a long movie. This movie's two hours and 43 minutes. But I really gotta say, even though I wish it was shorter, I think that the pacing is good enough where you do not fill the time. And I just thought it was enjoyable. I like the plot. Uh, I was a little nervous when I heard part one because I, I like it if it ends, you know, very cliffhangerish. If they don't tell you, so it just ends, you know, looking at you, Fast X. Totally ruined the ending for me. But this one, the action is exceptional. Everybody's performances are good. And it's just a fun movie. I think you should check out on the big screen. So, Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning Part 1. I'm going to give it four and a half cheers. I think it's a very fun movie that's worth anybody's time. All right, so we are at the tie portion. So we have two movies. And the reason it's a tie is they're garnered to two very different audiences, which is why it made it hard to put one above the other. So, I'll tell you the films, and then we'll get into everything. So, one of them is Ruby Gilman, Teenage Kraken. This is a DreamWorks children's film. And then we have Joyride, which is like a raunchy girls' trip comedy. Okay, so, Ruby Gilman, Teenage Kraken. This was co-directed by Farron Pearl and Kirk D'Amico, Kurt D'Amico wrote and directed the first Crudes and Vivo, but he also wrote Racing Stripes and the Quest for Camelot. Great film, if anybody knows. That two-headed dragon, man. But... So one thing... I mean, pretty generic movie. But I gotta say, it was a very cute movie. I really had a you know good time watching it. They did some cool visuals... One thing I found interesting is all the humans were done in the DreamWorks animation style closer to like How to Train Your Dragon or Shrek or something like that for the humans. But then like Ruby Gilman and all the other Krakens, they were done in the style of Trolls, which I thought was very interesting. And, you know, is this movie exceptional? No, not really. But is it a very cute movie that I think families can really enjoy? Yes. And I didn't hate seeing it. Like, you know, it made me smile. It was just cute. And I liked the ending. They played this song over the fight. And I thought that was pretty cool. And then Joyride. This is from Adele Lynn who wrote uh, Raya the Last Dragon and Crazy Rich Asians. And so we got Ashley Park as Audrey, Sherry Cola as Lolo, Sabrina Wu is Deadeye, and Stephanie Sue is Cat. And so Audrey, she needs to go to China to find to finalize a business proposal to so she can get partner. You always got to do that one last thing to get partnership. And so she brings her friends and meets up with Stephanie Su, who's cat, who is like an actress in China. And then the hilarity ensues. So, I really hate when comedies just rely too hard on the F-bomb for comedy. Or just super lewdness. But other than that, I think this movie is really funny. I liked all the lead characters. And there's a a series of scenes at a hotel that is just exceptionally funny to me. I was dying of laughter at this hotel stuff because everybody's just getting into crazy shenanigans. And it was a really good time. But all these characters are really funny. And, you know, it's really not, like, wild, wild. I mean, there is a, like, three-way sex scene. And then also, you know, just like Jennifer Lawrence in No Hard Feelings, we do get a bottomless female in this. But the movie is very funny. And I think, you know, you get your friends, male, female, what have you, and you go check it out. I think you're going to have a good time and laugh. So, Ruby Gilman, Teenage Kraken, and Joyride. I'm going to give both of these a 3.8 out of 5 cheers. Alright, next up we got the controversial Sound of Freedom. Because everybody's going to see it and the theaters aren't showing it. Um, so, I cannot speak for these people. But... I personally feel a lot of them are lying because it just, the numbers don't add up. And also, I mean, my theater, you know, went and saw it and it was just a normal movie. Nothing wild. So, but this is from director Alejandro Monteverde and it's got old Jesus himself, Jim Caviezel, as Tim Ballard who works for Homeland Security, and he becomes kind of like a vigilante for children who are being human-trafficked. And so I think that the subject matter, this is very important film because they really get into details on how they get the children, how they traffic the children, what they do with the children. Like, it's very unsettling film to watch i just wish that in my opinion like i said i can't confirm or deny these people's stories but in my opinion i think people are doing all this lying about their theater you know refunded their tickets or all this kind of stuff and i just think that those people are lying just to get some hype around this and not to say i think this should be seen because, like I said, I mean, it's a hard watch. Like, if you have love in your heart, this is a hard watch to think about. This is a reality for so many people. But the movie itself, cheap budget, not really great acting. Um, I thought Jim Caviezel was pretty good, but, I mean, that's what you kind of expect from Jim Caviezel. But there was another guy. Let me see... If I remember what his name was, because I thought he was exceptional. Bill Camp, who plays Vampiro, who is kind of this cartel guy who ends up being kind of a vigilante himself for people being human trafficked. Bill Camp was exceptional. Like, he was why I did get some enjoyment from this movie, just because he was so good. But. You know, this one, it's really up to you if you can stomach, you know, seeing just so many bad things. Because, like I said, they get very detailed about situations. But for me, just because the low budget, the not great acting, I'm going to give it a 3 out of 5 cheers. I think it's a decent film, but I don't think the hype machine, you know, needs it per se just because the film isn't made with great quality but the subject matter is important so like I said it's just a mixed bag I just wish people were telling the truth alright and last and definitely least Insidious the Red Door we got Patrick Wilson back as Josh Lambert who he directed this and we have Ty Simpkins as Dalton Uh, the son, the one who was in the coma in the first one. Let me tell you, what I have a thing where whenever somebody makes themselves director of a movie, they always make their character the lead character, even if it doesn't. Because let me tell you, this movie is just crap. Like, I enjoyed the first four i like, enjoy the fourth one, and not a lot of people do. But Insidious the Red Door is just crap. It's not scary. They have too many stupid subplots going on, especially like, Oh, oh you know, I'm Josh Limber. I'm, I'm, I'm so foggy, I can't remember anything. Like, bro, come on now. So, I'm not really going to say much, because I don't find Insidious the Red Door worth anyone's time. So I'm just going to give it a half star out of five. It's just not worth your time. And, I mean, quite frankly, to me, it soils the Insidious franchise. But we have reached the end of episode. There we are. I hope you all have enjoyed this. I hope you go to check out the films. And you know what? If you want to let us know what you thought, or if you want to let us know some movies you need to check out, There's so many ways you can do it, but let me tell you the best ways. Check us out on Twitter, at film underscore toast. Or check us out on Instagram and TikTok, a toast to film, all one word. And from Trey and myself, we just wish you a good night and good viewing.